Today, we explore the virtue of simplicity and trends to look out for that can help us simplify our physical and spiritual lives. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Fashion by Faith, our little corner of the world where we discuss fashion and our faith in God. I'm Rachel, and today I'm jumping on for a solo episode, and Lisa and I plan to be back in the studio together very soon, so we can all look forward to hearing her beautiful voice at that time. We've made it to Wednesday, yay, so let's refill our coffee, brew our tea, and gear up to finish this work week with energy. We've got this. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We hope you'll find this merging of fashion and faith to be joyful and lighthearted, even when we chew on big topics, and we hope to bring a little happiness to your day. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Fashion by Faith Podcast, and find our group on Facebook by searching for Fashioned by Faith. So wow, here we are nearing the end of January, and it seems like we just had Christmas, but a whole month has gone by almost. When I get to the end of January, it's always exciting because our second son, Leo, was born in the third week of January, and um, we just celebrated his birthday, and we had the most fun time. He turned five, so that was a big deal, one full hand, and my husband took the day off from work and I just love when he does this because it um, he prioritizes the kids birthdays and his own (laughs) Um, it's just a fun way to put family first and celebrate and like make a big deal of the day I just love that he does that so basically from the time we woke up until the time we went to bed there was something fun and special we were doing throughout the day as a family and um, we had a dinner and you know some family over and the theme of his birthday was Star Wars because this kid just loves Star Wars all the characters especially Darth Vader for some reason but um, we have been very much graced with or blessed by two lightsabers that this kid can play with so we've got a red one and we've got a green one and with anyone he can get to he will have lightsaber duels and stuff and it's so hilarious because Joey our littlest one who is what going on 15 months he um these lightsabers are taller than he is but he likes to pick one up and like kind of go around and poke people with it or whack people with it it's just we get such a kick out of it in our family but we had a great time on leo's birthday and then the next morning was our first pinewood derby race because for vincent since he's in scouts he's our oldest one He's a tiger scout this year, and um, it was a lot of fun to see what he came up with for his first car. He painted it in different colors and put a fleur-de-lis on the the nose of it. That is one of the emblems for scouts. And so his was called Rainbow Fleur, and Rainbow Fleur was kind of like right down the middle in terms of speed. It wasn't the slowest, it wasn't the fastest, but it kind of held its own in the middle. And as a family, we, we watched a lot to, to get tips for you know what some of the fastest cars look like, so we can think about that for next year. It was also fun that this troop got a new track um, from another local troop, and apparently the last one had been wood, So they said, oh gosh, this is the first year that we haven't had cars bounce off the track. So I'm assuming the results were more accurate this year. 
Um, so yeah, we had a lot of really fun family time. One heavier thing that's been on my mind, more of a low light, is being close with somebody who's going through a difficult time that involves really big life decisions, you know, getting out of a bad situation, and um, just thinking about how hard it is when you see your your future and your life before you, and then life turns out very differently than you ever would have pictured, and it's just not the life that you were hoping for. And if there are any listeners who are going through a situation like that, you know, I'm I'm just with you in spirit as I am with this loved one, one in my life too. And um, I pray for this person and I pray for anyone who needs prayers with that because, you know, then there's bravery involved and seeking good counsel and figuring out what to do next and putting one foot in front of the other. <clears throat> so please know that... Um, whatever the needs are out there that is on my heart and in my prayers as well well now it's time to turn to the fashion confession so i'm ready if you are in today's fashion confession i'm going to talk a little bit about a trend i'm seeing locally and then I'm going to go the direction of talking about a look that I have an increasing interest about. And I'm really excited to talk to Lisa about this in the studio. So maybe I'll start today and then maybe when we're together we can <clears throat> you know, dive more into it. I love to hear the directions she's going and the new things she's interested in. And it's, it's fun for me to do that too. But starting with the trend... What surprises me about this trend is how quickly we've come back to it, I would say. Um, And that look is the wedge heel. So if I go back to like 2009, 2010 or so, I had this pair of black velvet wedge pumps that I just loved. They were so cute. Like the shape was just so ideal and the toe was so sweet. And I felt like they went with many many looks got lots of use out of them and then it seemed like wedges just kind of plummeted they fell from fashion graces and so I knew it was time to pass these shoes along and then you know went about life you know for a couple years and then I've just noticed in the last couple years but even right now um, how popular wedges seem to have become again whether it be in pump form or boots or whatever so it's interesting to see how quickly, I think that's quick, some people would say that it was really slow, but that they're back and they're back with um, a passion kind of, I'm seeing them all over the place. So that's neat. For me personally, the shoes that I gravitate toward right now, I would say because I'm a slow mover with fashion, I'm not ready for wedges yet. (laughs) So for me, it might take another decade, but my favorite go-to shoes at this time are ankle strap and T-strap shoes. Not only do I find them flattering to the foot and the ankle, but I also find that when I wear more casual outfits, they can so quickly and easily elevate the look. Kind of like putting on a really great pair of sunglasses with a sweatshirt. You put it on, you walk out the door, and you feel uh, put together instantly. So that's been fun. And speaking of casual outfits, Um, that sort of kind of ties into the fashion direction that I've been going. It's a slow 
build because this is all budget permitting of course to build this wardrobe but I'm highly interested in a minimalist wardrobe and I don't mean minimalist in terms of how much I own or if I use a capsule wardrobe but what I mean more specifically is garments that are minimalist in nature or by definition so anyone who dresses this way will know exactly what I mean or you've seen people doing this um, but it usually starts with a more muted color palette like blacks and grays and cream and maybe a little dusty rose or something sprinkled in there and then the cuts are more often than not looser and relaxed and breezy which I think gives the clothes somewhat of a carefree feel but yet you can still they can still be worn in a regular serious way too there's something about this minimalist style that makes me feel more connected to maybe nature, maybe the old ways somehow because it's, you know, natural materials and there's something less fussy about it, I think. And I think it'll tie in nicely with the topic that we're going to get into today, which is simplicity that it lends itself to having less to worry about, you know, when we get dressed in the morning and we put something on that's going to look great and there's no tugging and there's no pulling. Um, there's not a lot of fussing with it. So there's just something really irresistible about minimalist clothes for me right now. Surprisingly, they are hard to find in the United States um, with the mainstream, you know, stores that I look in. And the places that I'm seeing some of the most gorgeous garments coming from are in Eastern Europe like I've gotten one dress from Lithuania and I um, there's another one that I'm interested in from Bulgaria and I've also seen some beautiful garments coming out of China beautiful clothing being produced around the world which I'm grateful for so now as I transition into um, the topic of simplicity I tuck this back in my mind as one little corner of this this question about um, fussing less, having less to worry about, so that we can focus on the things that really matter. It never ceases to amaze me how many virtues and vices there are and how there's a name for seemingly every human action or attitude under the sun. Like anytime I'm vaguely, <clears throat> I vaguely understand something to not feel right, I'm blown away by how the doctors of the church and others have explored and defined human sinfulness. So there's an answer for any question out there. Simplicity has been heavily on my mind, as it probably has also in the minds of most humans in the modern world, I think. Life is just so hectic and complicated. We're pulled in so many directions all at once, and it's easy to feel like we're never quite on top of things or never doing our job as perfectly as we should. If we examine our anxieties or even our frustration around our frazzled lives and Forgive me if this is too dramatic of a word for your life. Sometimes I can relate to this word. We might be surprised to find that the causes of our discontent go much deeper than like unending piles of laundry or too many Monday morning meetings at work or not enough free evenings with the family. Um, simplicity is about more than just 
complicated lifestyles. According to Catholic moral teaching, simplicity is a virtue in which a person is fully, purely devoted to God and his will without being divided by love of self or physical possessions or anything else that is not God. There's no internal conflict at all. The word complexity comes up as an opposing vice. This would be um, when someone is torn between love of God and love of worldly things. So I'm imagining maybe I do love God, but I think constantly about the next home improvement project I want to do or maybe the next vacation I want to go on with my family and planning all the, the details. And um, these plans don't draw me closer to my creator because maybe they are a substitute for that which can truly satisfy the longings of my heart. And I just kind of pause on that. It's so easy. I mean, it's it's so easy to do those things. It's so hard to kind of know where that line is between fitting into the world just right and doing the things that you do in the world because we are physical creatures and it's good to have joy and yet not having God be at the forefront of our love and our desires. So something to think about. Um, Can you imagine loving God in so pure a way that we are just totally detached from stuff? I mean, it's hard to imagine in this modern time that we live in especially if we're blessed with lots of you know, possessions. The saints in heaven have reached perfect simplicity, and meaning they, love, they can love God perfectly, and they have no detachments, no attachments. Um, and those of us on earth may struggle to even imagine how we could be free of the internal tugging toward physical comforts or clothes, even minimalist clothes that I just finished talking about. Um, cause even that, you know, could be a problem if, if I'm too attached to the things that I want or own or whatever our favorite purchases or distractions might be. So for our listeners, are you guys, oh, um, familiar with, I bet a lot of you are the census fidelium YouTube channel. It's quite a treasure trove of, um, faithful Catholic teaching. I've learned a lot there, but Father Ripperger has shared an awesome talk about simplicity. And one of my most fundamental takeaways is that, first of all, that simplicity can be thought of in two ways. One is the spiritual spiritual simplicity, and then one would be more like physical simplicity. But that simplicity isn't something we should pursue simply for our own comfort or sanity, although that's a great motivator. Um, but rather it's something we should pursue for the purification of our souls and that the relationship between our lifestyles and our belongings and that and our souls is much closer than we might think. So um, Matthew 5, 8 came into my mind and this is from the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus is sharing the Beatitudes and he says, Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. So in a sense, the flip side of simplicity is purification. And it's that, you know, the more we are purified, the more simple or true in our love for God we become. And that the less pure we are, the more complex or divided our loves are. 
so the goal is to become as simple as possible like like the saints in heaven um so when i look around my my own house <laughs> i see a pile of laundry here i see bags from our last outing there and i see random toys on every surface <laughs> of my house and it get hot inside and i think to myself no matter how hard I try, I just can't win this battle. There are always new messes right behind the old ones, and it's just unending, especially with Joey being the age he is now. My goodness, that boy can open up drawers and like make a huge mess in 20 seconds flat. I don't know. So I think to myself, I need better systems to manage our possessions. I just need better systems. But then this talk from Father Ripperger, it, um, his teachings sort of flip my way of thinking on its side because he says, we ought to exercise moderation in our belongings, only owning what is necessary, not more, not less, according to our state in life. So my immediate thought is that we own way more than we need. And I know in a previous episode, I talked to Lisa about that, um, that we have to lighten our load sometimes. And the reason we don't do it more is because there might be sentimental value for some of the gifts we've been given or for many reasons that we think that there's a value in owning all that we own. But in this talk, he talks about, do we need it? <laughs> and so I think, well, need? Where even is that line between need and want? especially, you know, in the United States, there's so much wealth here and we, a lot of families are able to have more than strictly what they need. Um, so you really have to stop and think about that. Um, so Father Ripperger also shares an example of grandparents who lived during the Great Depression and other than their TV, they only owned what they needed. This was a different time and people couldn't afford wants. All it was was needs. And so just gets me thinking like yikes we are we are not living up to that currently so father also says that created things are a means to god not an end in themselves if a belonging is going to help you or your family member become closer to god keep it and otherwise get rid of it don't be attached be detached from your things and think about them Again, not in and of themselves and their worth, but do they bring us closer to God? And this is a tall, I mean, this is a really important question. I think we really have our work cut out for us. How many of our belongings are trappings that create the illusion of a happy, secure life without God at, at, at the forefront? Um, I can't help but think about screw tape letters that C.S. Lewis wrote. And in one of the earlier letters, um, screw tape talks about the uh, the man who sees the quote unquote real world, real life as the things before him, and it gives him an excuse to not think about eternal things, so he can go eat his lunch and then go think about the boy selling the newspaper or whatever, and think, okay, good, let's think about that, not the scary things of eternity, and. That just feels so true for for people generally. We can get lost in Netflix and we can get lost in um, whatever activities our kids are involved in and 
Pinewood Derby or, or, you know, whatever. So if I think about our possessions that way, how do they serve us and do they bring us closer to God or do they distract us into the quote-unquote real life of the physical, you know, um, materialist world? So there's somewhere a, a good and proper and healthy line and that's what we want to look for. So now I'm really convicted that physical simplicity and spiritual simplicity are so closely related, if not like residents of the same spectrum. So this is all so big and um, I like that I can come at it from a few different angles though because this is not something anyone can tackle all at once. So I know I can pray for and work on detachment from things that are not God. If a fire burned down my house, how resilient would I be at the loss of my belongings? And I think it's natural for people to be devastated at a loss like that, but there is a spiritual muscle where we can work on our reactions and pray for detachment that we won't be as devastated because they are just physical things. Um, I can simplify what I already own based on if it helps or hinders me spiritually. And uh, that's an important conversation to have with my husband too and our kids too. Like it's a different, it's a different paradigm to, to consider with our belongings. And then I can simplify what I buy by truly asking, do I need it? And again, that's a hard question. I can stay motivated by recognizing the havoc that complexity wreaks in my life. There are always unintended consequences of complexity. So many of the frustrations in life, I think, are from issues upstream, where if only it were simpler, I wouldn't be tearing my hair out in this other area. I can meditate on the truth that simplicity makes me free because even though it takes self-control, it feels wonderful to be free of frustration. So that is a, a worthy prize, even though the worthiest prize, of course, is uh, pure love for God. And I can pray for the gift of simplicity. It is a virtue and it comes by grace. So it is something that I can pray for and ask for. God knows how much work I have to do in these areas, but it is the desire of my heart to be free. So I'm very delighted to be um, spending time thinking about praying on this area. So speaking from the standpoint of physical simplicity, so more lifestyle, here are some trends that people are increasingly participating in to create more peace in their lives. So, so more freedom from the nonsense, which complexity dumps on our doorstep. See which ones of these are really familiar, familiar to you and then maybe think about any new ones you will, might wanna share with us as well. So I see this a lot, people who are going on phone detoxes, maybe a Facebook detox or generally from their phone for like a day or a weekend or um, even people switching back to flip phones and I quite honestly have been tempted to do that at times because technology creates in this stealthy way such complexity complexity in our lives. It's wild. Another one is not owning a TV at all. Some people have just ditched them or maybe severely limiting TV time. And of course there might be the fear, I might miss out, you know, and I need it for pop culture and I wanna know what's going on with the shows. Um, but some people have taken the plunge. I think it's brave. Owning fewer possessions is obvious. We can thank Marie Kondo for her 
for the phenomenon of her guidance and getting a bunch of people, you know, I'm thinking about the United States specifically, but a bunch of people um, on board with clearing out their house and clearing out their drawers and just making their lives easier by owning less. Owning less clothing, you know, is along the same lines, but it's so great because then there's, there's less laundry to do, fewer garments to get stains out of and less folding, just own less. Another one is keeping main living spaces toy free. I know when I was growing up, we did not store toys in our family room. We kept them all in the bedrooms and then we would play with them in the main living space during the day, but they always went, were put back away at the end of the day. And somehow along the line, when we started having kids, it was more about we would store all the toys where the kids played with them. And little by little, as we accumulated more toys, it just took up so much space in the living area and took over. And I, I've heard so many parents talk about this. And that's why more and more parents have tried to move toys to you know a basement space or a playroom or something. But this movement of like saying, I'm reclaiming our living space. It's not gonna be overrun with plastic, bright plastic stuff anymore, but we're gonna keep it hidden away and just play with it during the day and put it away at the end of the day. Another trend is spending downtime together as a family, specifically when it involves running around for different needs for different family members. So an example of this is um, if one child has Sunday school, let's say it's at 10 o'clock, and the rest of the family doesn't have to go to church until 11 o'clock for mass, rather than having one parent run the kid to church and then coming back and then everybody going back and running the risk of being late to pick up the child or to be late for mass because sometimes uh, I don't know about your family but Sunday mornings can be crazy um, everybody can go for the 10 o'clock time slot and then just visit quietly with each other at church hang out have some nice time and then nobody will be late for mass and nobody will be late for pickup and it's just more simple so spending downtime together as a family. Another one is having clear house rules without lots of negotiating. So it's so much simpler when kids, or well also grownups, um, know what to do and just do it rather than trying to constantly recreate the rules of the road. So like an example would be a clear house rule would be we don't eat while walking around and this is particularly relevant for families who have toddlers um, or young children who want to like walk around and watch TV or something and eat so if we make it a house rule we don't do that and then there's no negotiating about it it saves future chores down the road of having to vacuum up crumbs off the floor um, so if everybody follows those rules it really does prevent extra work down the line Another trend I'm seeing is getting multiple kids involved in the same activity. And we know this can be a huge time saver when it comes to driving around here, there, and everywhere. So whether it be wrestling um, or martial arts or a theater program, it'll make it easier for parents, but the children will never regret having the extra memories made together or the extra time spent together. So something to think about. Another one is um, 
this is a modern thing. It's sort of like getting back to the old ways. So finishing a task before starting a new one. Um, actually rethink the wisdom of multitasking, as in maybe it's not as wise as we thought. And it's been really you know, popular for a long time, but I think more in the, the old way would be, I'll think about the kitchen as an example. The old way would be to you know, make breakfast, finish breakfast, wash all the dishes, and then be done and close the kitchen. And then let's say you're home with children who are home all day long. Then it's lunchtime, so you do the same thing. And then you close the kitchen, and then dinner comes. So rather than living the whole life in the kitchen and having it be a revolving door with lots of snacks and stuff, have downtime where that part of the house is actually closed off. Um, I have personal experience with this because, again, there's something about the modern way with the snacks and just I'm not really sure. I feel like the kitchen can be a black hole where you never leave (laughs) if you're home with children who are home all day long. And so getting back to the sense of like you complete tasks, you you do certain things of the day, you're not in flux constantly, but you start and stop things and then you move on to the next thing which you start and stop rather than having like a foot and a hand in so many different tasks at once helps to simplify life and it makes things really clearer for kids as well. Um, This next one I love because it involves more socializing, which is so good for our hearts, and it's practicing scruffy hospitality. So if you haven't heard that particular term, you know, being bounced around, it means having people over even if your house isn't perfectly clean, and knowing that your door maybe is always open, or you know that... um, you're not only ready to permit friends to come in when you're perfect, um, that you're very inviting and approachable and I guess genuine by letting people come in and see your house even when you're in the middle of real life. I think that's really a great thing because whose house is ever 100% show ready at all times? You know, it might prevent us from getting together as often. So, scruffy hospitality. This next one is more about the body. It's a trend, washing your hair less often. And Lisa and I did talk about this recently, but um, the less you have to wash your hair, the more it simplifies your morning routine or nighttime routine or whenever you would wash your hair. So something to consider, your body really does get used to it and it shaves off so much time. Along the same vein, using fewer hygiene products generally, because the truth is we don't actually need them. Our bodies don't need so many products to function and it cuts down a ton of time and a lot of money because our bodies for the most part kind of know how to regulate themselves. The last one on the list is reduce gift giving. Um, We just finished Christmas as you all know and it can be a stressful time for people depending on how many people you have on your list how many gift exchanges you're a part of it can be truly stressful and it can break the bank and it can feel like it gets away from obviously the true meaning of Christmas but the joy and the the sweet peaceful Christmases that you know my mother-in-law tells me about from her childhood and stuff so one way one one trend that I'm seeing is that more and more young people are kind of pulling back on gift giving and exchanging. Maybe it would be small tokens or homemade gifts or edibles. You know, you cook for somebody or just time spent 
you know, singing Christmas carols or whatever the case may be. So definitely something to consider to simplify our life and invite more peace in. Well, I found this to be energizing to think about um, the gift of simplicity and the ways to better pursue it in my home. And I hope you have tons of your own ideas to share with us. So now it's time for Holy Homework. Okay, listeners, the challenge for us this week is to make one simplification anywhere in your life and observe the downstream frustration that melts away as a result. And then thank God for the actions we can take to grow in simplicity, this gift that is of greater value than we could ever imagine. And here's a question which we'll post in our Fashion by Faith group on Facebook so that you can share with us your thoughts. Or if you want to be all private about it, you can reach out to us at fashionedbyfaithpodcast at gmail.com. All right, so the question will be, what is your most favorite simplification that you've made in your life and how did it change you? As always, please know that the thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are just our own, but we are trying to convey the truth of God's teaching, and we are preaching to ourselves, and that was abundantly clear to me today with this topic. I have lots of work to do. If we say anything that you think is an error, please keep us in your prayers because we do need them, and please give us your feedback at fashionedbyfaithpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to spread the word. Tell your friends to visit fashionedbyfaith.com to click on any link and listen through their favorite podcast platform. We'll see you on Wednesday for our next episode. And until then, stay true to the faith and keep growing in style.